Remain seated, please. Permanecer sentados, por favor. The Marvelous Galaxy. The uh, Disney, yeah. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Marvelous Galaxy of Disney. My name is Sean. This is Alan. Let's jump right in. Let's this jump. is so exciting. Alan. Yes. Alan. Yes. Alan. Yes. Today, uh-huh. an announcement has come through. X-Men House of X-C-I-I. X-C-I. X-C. If you know your Roman numerals, that would be House 92. of 92. Two. <laughs> the reason I'm so excited about this is this is a five uh, comic book series and it looks at what if the X-Men from the 92 cartoon were involved in the House of X storyline where the X-Men go to Krakoa and they break the uh, secret of immortality by cloning and setting minds into these clone bodies and basically restoring back to a full mutant body. So it's like what if, but X-Men version? Pretty much like what if, yeah, X-Men 92 <laughs> continued. We already had one set of X-Men 92 kind of what if where it dealt with what if they got confronted with Cassandra Nova, who is an odd creature thing twin of Professor X that he like killed in the womb? She's a really weird character, but she's cool. She's powerful. Oh, you like weird things. Yeah, I'm here with you. Wow. So, yeah, how exciting is that? We're getting more X-Men 92. I know someone's excited of the two of us. It's me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering um, if this is like a prelude to what we're going to get in the continued cartoon or if this is separate or, yeah, I'm wondering where this might go. Hmm. I don't know. Thank you for your input. <laughs> <laughs> so in other news, uh, I came across this list and we already kind of know this, but I just thought it would be a nice little um, talk about the MCU releases for 2022. Mm-hmm. So here's what we are set to get in this year. So we're getting the Miss Marvel series in the summer of 2022. Do you know about Miss Marvel? I know she's going to be in Doctor Strange. No, that's America. Oh, geez, <laughs> <laughs> no, no Miss, I do not. Miss Marvel is a fan favorite amongst comic book readers. I remember when her first comic came out, it sold out. Wow. Because she was the first major Muslim hero in comic books. And the whole thing with her is she is uh, an inhuman. So what that means mm-hmm. is the the uh, cloud, like the Terrigen Mist, there we go. Yeah. Uh, they, they covered the earth, and basically anybody who had inhuman blood in them their powers manifested. So that's when she got her powers as a teenager. And she has the power to, she calls it embiggen. <laughs> oh. So she can, she's like uh, Mr. Fantastic in a way. She can like make parts of her body bigger. She can make oh. herself smaller. She can also kind of like shape shift in a way. Like at first they made this whole story about how she emulates Captain Marvel uh-huh. So the first thing she did was turn herself into a white blonde girl. I was like, oh, that's that's <laughs> problematic. But then in the next uh, comic, they kind of explained, like, you don't have to emulate 
you know, a white person. Yeah. <laughs> you can be your own person. You can be your own race and you can be awesome. So I thought that was a really nice message. But, um, yeah, she's getting her own series. Uh, they've already casted her. There's a little bit of issue with the casting, but I think that's getting ironed out. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited for this one, if you can't tell. Yeah, I'm excited for it, too. Yeah. Uh, next up, uh, also 2022, we don't really have a time frame yet, but I'm guessing earlier in 2022 is Moon Knight. With Oscar Isaac. With Oscar Isaac. And we're actually, are you sitting down, Alan? No, I am. Okay. We're actually getting a trailer for Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. It's going to be shown at the Super Bowl. Oh, Or cool. during the Super Bowl. Night. Not, not right when they're playing. I know the Super Bowl is like more your thing. It's a uh, part of that <laughs> thing called a uh, sports. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, I'd watch that with you just so I could see Moon Knight. <laughs> I usually record it so we can fast forward to that. Oh, later. thank God. <laughs> wow. So Moon Knight is a cool character. I actually really didn't like him at first until I read more into a series. He has a different personality. So based on the personality in his head, like one of them is a superhero. So it's kind of a different take on a hero. He's kind of like a crazy Batman. Or Dr. <laughs> if you Jekyll will. and Mr. Hyde. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's rumors that um, Ghost Rider is going to be in it. Ooh. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I know things. Which I think that's very fitting because Moon Knight is powered by a moon god, um, Khonshu. And Huh? Bless you. Thank you. <laughs> and Ghost Rider is powered by the devil, by Mephisto. So mm-hmm. I think they're both, in a way, controlled by a higher being and struggling to kind of like be their own person within that control. So I think they would be very fitting. I'm excited for that one. I'm excited for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, May yeah. 6th of this year. Yeah. Yeah. After seeing the trailer at the post post credit scene yeah. <laughs> of No Way Home, yeah. And y'all, there's so many rumors flying around. There's rumors that Professor X is in it. Uh, Toby Maguire is apparently in it for sure. Oh, Professor X played by Patrick Stewart. Professor X. Apparently, <laughs> Sophie Turner may be in it, and she may like square off versus Wanda. Um, Apparently, they're talking, there's rumors that, like, maybe even Captain America, plays by Chris Evans, or <laughs> Iron Man could show up. So, I think this is going to be big. It's going to set the tone for what the multiverse is. Yeah. Well, I just feel like, I mean, I hope, because there's high expectations after seeing No Way Home. So, that would kind of just help with the momentum. Yeah. Well, I feel like No Way Home was, like the every man's introduction into what the multiverse is so now that we as a collective understand the concept i think dr strange is going to take it further and just go crazy and i'm so excited for that (laughs) as long as it's not confusing because i feel like multiverses just can get confusing at times yeah we've had some conversations on that yeah so some more information we found is gargantos (laughs) was actually a character in Marvel, like, way back in, like, the 70s, and it was this female monster. So they're actually just taking the name and imprinting it on Shuma Gorath, but just to really get under Chris's feathers, because remember, Favorites, Chris already had to suffer through Taskmaster being turned into not only a girl, which he's fine with, but a boring girl. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Girl. A mute (laughs) girl. Girl. So now his other favorite villain, Shuma Gorath, is now a female, and he's not Shuma Gorath. She's uh, Gargantos. <laughs> yeah. 
So we'll see that. Um, I'm actually really excited for this next series also. This is uh, She-Hulk coming out in 2022. Yeah. So this is about Jen Walters. She is the cousin of Bruce Banner, and she had to get a blood transfusion from him. And in doing so, she inherited the powers of the Hulk. But the thing with Jen Walters, at least up until recently, is she can control the Hulk, so she doesn't succumb to anger. But due to a an ouchie that was <laughs> given to her, she now is like the new Hulk. She can't control herself. But I think this is going to open some doors. I think this is a very female-empowered show because she's a lawyer by day and Hulk by night, or She-Hulk by night. I also think this may be where we'll get more Daredevil. Yeah. And then also in uh, Jessica Jones was the character Hellcat, which uh, She-Hulk actually works with Hellcat a lot. So I think this has a lot of opportunity for kind of a cross-pollination of different characters that have already been introduced into the MCU. And I think there could be a little, a lot of comedy in like seeing this woman as a lawyer trying not to Hulk out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, July 8th. Wow, that's sooner than I thought. Mm -hmm. Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah. I'm just, I I've already heard <laughs> there's a rumor going around that this is going to be the movie of the year. Really? Well, because it's Taika Waititi. We saw yeah. what he did with uh, Ragnarok, mm-hmm. but also in this one we're going to see female Thor. Yeah, Natalie Portman is yeah. going to be a superhero. <laughs> That'll be very interesting. Yeah, we're going to see the Guardians in it. I think this has so much potential. Ragnarok is one of my personal favorite Marvel movies just because it was so funny. But Hella was done so hella right. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And it had such good action and it was just so great. So, yeah, this is a big one for me. It's funny because, like, they have these movies, like, named after, like, Doctor Strange's movie and Thor's movie. But then you have so many characters featured in each of these movies, too. It should just be called, like... Marvel movie number whatever. That's true. Yeah, they're doing a really good job of like cross pollinating. <laughs> so yeah, you're right. Uh, next up, we also have uh, Black Panther two Wakanda Forever, and that comes out all the way in November. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were very surprised because we all thought we were going to have Shuri step up as. Black Panther, but it looks like we are not having Shuri step up as Black Panther. I think it's. I think a lot of it has to do with probably some like political things that her character or her the actor that plays her has said on Twitter. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's been confirmed that we have a new Black Panther played. I his name lost my mind, but they just just announced him. He was. Um, in one of the other tribes in the previous movie. So, yeah, we're, I'm curious to see how they, what direction they go with him. Um, but I'm just glad that um, this movie is continuing. So, very excited for that. Yeah, I, I'm excited. I'm very curious to see how we sidestep um, the death of Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, um, yeah I, think, I think Marvel will do a good job of honoring him through the movie, too. So... Kudos to Marvel for finding a way to move on. Yeah. Um, Also this year, in December, we have Guardians of the Galaxy, the holiday special. (laughs) (laughs) I think, do you think this is going to be a full movie or just like a short? Well, it looks like it's a Disney Plus series. 
Oh, a series. It does say the word yeah, series here. So I guess there's maybe multiple episodes um, leading towards Christmas. I don't know. Um, but yeah, maybe this will be similar to like the Star Wars Life Day special. <laughs> oh, which I bought the comic book of, too. I need to read that oh. so we can talk about it. Yeah. Um, also this year, it has been announced that we will get a What If Season 2. Yes, more zombies. More zombies. Yeah, especially with that finale of Season 1. Like, yeah, yeah, we need more. That was such a good last three episodes. Well, I think a lot of people didn't expect them to tie in all together in the end. Yeah. Uh, I thought, like, me, I thought that they were just, like, their own, like, anthology series, but... Yeah, this is kind of cool. And now it looks like um, we're even getting evil Doctor Strange from What If into the actual movie yeah. Doctor Strange. So that's interesting that we're seeing cross-pollination even from that. Yeah. And then lastly, Secret Invasion comes out this year. And this one is more so about, it sounds like, the squirrels. And Squirrel. Squirrel. And I'm wondering, we're probably, oh, yeah, we are getting uh, Nick Fury. There was the promo where it shows him without his eye patch. Oh, yeah. Which I'm wondering, does that mean that, like, that's a scroll impersonating Nick Fury and that's why his eye patch isn't on? Or, like, what's what's mm. going on there? Or maybe it's before he got injured? No, it showed his injured eye. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I'm excited about this one. In the comic, Secret Invasion was um, squirrels infiltrating society. Um, the first person that they took over was, I believe, Spider-Woman. And secretly, they were just inserting themselves as different heroes, are different leaders, and they were taking those people and holding them in tubes on a ship so that way mm. they couldn't be like, hey, that's not me. Maybe Fury's just less insecure about his eye. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, want to hear about something else new? Sure. So I love this article because it actually said it was about Ming-Na Wen. It said she pulled a Tom Holland. <laughs> it says Star Wars star pulls a Tom Holland leaks new series before announcement. <laughs> because we all know Mr. Tom Holland is a ruiner of things. Yes. <laughs> he always yeah, finds some way to accidentally spoil something. Yeah. So Ming-Na actually went on to social media and congratulated Katie Sackoff for her new series that she's going to be in. So if we've been following along, Katie Sackoff is Bo-Katan and the voice in Star Wars Rebels or Star Wars Clone Wars and she's also the live-action character, Bo-Katan, in The Mandalorian. Mm. Yeah. So the whole thing that's interesting with Bo-Katan is that she is part of the royal Mandalorian family. And once her family is overthrown, she's been uh, searching for the Darksaber so that she could take the crown or the throne back for herself. But when we saw in Mandalorian is... Uh, Jin Jaren actually came along and he didn't do it on purpose, but he accidentally got the Darksaber and he can't just give it to her because that's not honorable. She has mm -hmm. to earn it from him. So now he's technically in charge of Mandalore, but she feels that she should be. So I think the show's going to be her struggle with what is she going to do and is she going to try to take that back from him? Yeah. 
And some people are even asking for what they're doing with the Book of Boba Fett. They want to see kind of a fill in the gaps of what she's been up to in between series. Are we excited for this? I am. I don't, I mean, when I saw the, the tweet or like the actual text of what she said, like I wasn't, it wasn't too big of a spoiler. It was just like, woo, congrats. And then hashtag, um, what was it? Hashtag something. Oh, hashtag Bo-Katan. But like, I don't know. To me, like I could, if I was oblivious about it, I could have thought of anything <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. But it does confirm like, oh, you're getting a Bo-Katan show. Yeah. I mean, but luckily, uh, she took it down quick, but then some people talk about it on podcasts and yeah. spread the news. Like, I don't know why they do that. Yeah. <laughs> She's Hi. just trying to be a good friend. Thank you for being a friend. You're welcome. Travel down that road and back again. Is that from Hook? Wow. So, I thought this was fun. There's another X-Men vote for 2022. Oh. We did this last year. I remember I voted for Tempo, but Polaris was the winner. Mm-hmm. So this year, we actually have, like, what a more uh, diverse cast to vote for. <laughs> These people aren't as well-known. No. Um, yeah. We've got Armor, who is an Asian girl who can make a red armor around her. We have Avalanche, who is typically a villain more so, but now he's a hero, much like many people within the XP universe, and he can make seismic activity. We have Bling, who is basically made of crystal. We have Firestar, who controls fire. We've got Gentle, Gorgon, Micromax, Penance, Siren, and Surge. Surge. How many of those did you recognize? Zero. Zero? Yeah. Yeah, like Gentle, Surge, uh, Bling, they're all part of the more like the new X-Men era. So they were the younger generation that came in. I just know Jubilee. She's not in here. (laughs) I asked Alan to tell me which one he thinks I voted for. And without even thinking, he named it. So predictable. Who? Firestar. Yeah. Yeah. And you know why? Because she's fire. Because she was in Spider-Man and his amazing <laughs> friends. It was Firestar, Spider-Man, and Iceman. Iceman's my most favorite. I love Iceman. Your favorite? Favorite, yeah. And the reason I like Firestar, I think it's funny. She was like the OG um, uh, show to comic book character. <laughs> because the only reason why she exists is because they basically looked at the cast of characters for Spider-Man and his amazing <laughs> friends. It was originally Human Torch, Spider-Man, and Iceman, and they were like, this is a sausage fest. So they made uh, Firestar to replace Human Torch so they could have some uh, woman energy in it. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad they recognized it and was like, oh, we need to change this. Versus, yeah. Like, Three men, hoo-ha. Three men, blah. <laughs> and then basically Firestar and the show got so popular that they brought her into the comics and I feel like she's never really had a place in the comics. Like, she's always kind of been on the outskirts and never really used that well. So that's why I was like, I want to see her on a team. Yeah, and that's why, like, I know I knew all of that stuff that you just said. So that's why I picked her for you. I despise you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else I despise? <laughs> what? Giving wrong information. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Favorites. <laughs> I swear I went and tried to verify this news, and I thought I did, but I guess I looked at two 
fake sources. <laughs> um, Daredevil season four has not been confirmed. It's heavily rumored because uh, Kevin Feige has said Daredevil will be a, a big part of Phase 4 of MCU, but an actual show has not been announced, so this could mean that we'll see him more in She-Hulk, lawyer to lawyer with Jennifer. Um, there are actually rumors still that fa- that Season 4 is a go, it just hasn't been announced yet, and people are saying that it may be kind of a soft reboot for Daredevil. Because the thing is, the original reason that Daredevil and the Netflix shows were made was so that they could show a more adult, grittier side of Marvel. But now that Marvel has reacquired the rights for those characters a few months ago, they want to use them, but they also want to put those shows on Disney+. Plus. So, yeah, people are talking if uh, they're still the same characters or if they're going to find a way to alter them or what's going to happen. I mean, I think it's going to happen one one day. Might not be now, but maybe one day in the future. I think probably, like, because I'm sure, like, uh, these upcoming X or MCU shows are going to, like, if they do well, I'm sure it's going to help boost Daredevil. So we'll just see. Yeah, because, like, everybody likes the Daredevil show. They have a yeah. moneymaker already. They might as well cash in on it. And, I mean, the the reaction that fans had when daredevil showed up in uh, no way home like that just speaks volumes of like they like him yeah that was huge and he didn't even do anything yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm wondering too if this will be an opener for uh daredevil and spider-man to work together because spider-man saw daredevil a blind person or Matt- matthew murdoch yeah he saw a blind person catch a brick that was thrown. So Spider-Man's got to kind of be like, oh, there's something odd about this guy. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Speaking of Spider-Man, do you want to know something fun? What? There was a page of Spider-Man that just sold at an auction. So this is actually from... It's funny because I just read through kind of this part. Uh, it's it's uh, from 1984. April 1984, Alan... Yes. That's the month I and year uh, oh. that I was born. Oh. And Rachel. Hi, Rachel. <laughs> um, this one page original drawing from this comic sold for $3 million. One page. One page. So the reason why it went so much is because this is from the comic Secret Wars. This is when the Beyonder gathered up a bunch of different people from X-Men, heroes and villains like Magneto, Doctor Doom, uh, Spider-Man, Thor, I believe was there, Mr. Fantastic. He just got a huge bunch of people and said, I'm throwing you on this planet. Go to war. I want to see who wins because I'm an immortal being and this is fun. (laughs) So basically, while on this planet, um, they find this machine that can make an outfit however you want. So Spider-Man thinks to himself, well, I'm tired of fixing my outfits. I'm tired of making webbing. I want an (laughs) outfit that just, like, does everything on its own. So this machine spits out this black outfit with a white spider on the chest. So this was, like, the soft opening of Venom, because this is the Venom suit that he wished for. Mm -hmm. So this is the very first page ever that shows Spider-Man in the Venom suit, or just the Venom suit in general. Yeah. That sold for $3 million. It's funny, though, because 
so many people hated the black suit at the time because it made it took away the struggle for our Peter Parker. Everything was too easy for him. Mm-hmm. So apparently they had to start to turn it into something else in order to salvage it. And that's why it was turned into Venom. So this is the world's most valuable page of original comic book artwork. Yeah. That's crazy. That is crazy. I wonder whoever the guy who drew was just like, this is going to be the world's most expensive page ever. No, because at the time it was just a new suit. That's it. Yeah, right? That's just crazy. And everybody just loves Venom so much. So it's become this $3 million page. And apparently there's another page in the same comic but it was only sold for $288,000. Boring. Boring. Ew. Ew, how did that even make the news? Oh, what a homeless. Yeah, speaking of homeless, <laughs> some of the businesses at Downtown yeah, Disney are about to be homeless. So, <laughs> so we actually got some dates reported out for some of these businesses. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of them were basically like, I didn't even think construction for the whole revamp of downtown disney um is it the south end or that side of the the shopping complex is starting like super soon so they just announced that sugar boo and company is closing january well actually closed already on january 15th um and earl of sandwich is closing january 27th so make sure you get your sandwiches before then and then um, Starbucks, actually, I didn't even know that. I thought they were already closed, but Starbucks uh, West plans to close later this month. Um, and we, as we all know, the AMC Theater is already closed there, too. So, um, yeah, the demolition is looking to start February 1st. And that's also why um, some people think that the monorail is going under refurb because it because it is so close to um, the track, the, the this part of the complex, um, people are assuming that the reason they, they they don't want the tramps to go or the monorail to go around during the demo, which makes sense. We don't want you know demo and dust and stuff to get on the monorail. Yeah. Plus, they want to keep everything a surprise. So true? yeah, they don't want people to see right away. Yeah. I have a question for you. Sure. Whatever happened to gingerbread houses? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, this is like kind of cool. I mean, like, I guess this is something I never thought of, but, like, because I, I didn't really get to have a chance to see the gingerbread houses this year. Um, but apparently they don't, like, trash it once they're done. They actually send it to um, bee farms so that the bees can actually consume it. Um, so it's very, like, eco-friendly, you know. After the they tear it down, they send it to that because I think this is like right after, right before, um, or going into winter. So it just feeds them so that they have food uh, prior to winter. Um, so I thought that was really cool. Like you know, they don't trash it or anything. They it gets consumed, just not by humans. That's pretty cool. Yeah, very creative. Mm-hmm. You know what's not cool? What? So if you're in Hong Kong, I'm sorry, but um, they just announced that Hong Kong Disney is now closed indefinitely, and this is probably due to COVID measures because, you know, cases are rising all over the place. And, you know, Disney out there is doing their due diligence to make sure that um, they're doing their part by closing. So, yeah, initially they only meant to 
closed for 14 days or two weeks, but now they've extended it indefinitely. But hopefully, you know, cases go down again, and then people in Hong Kong could enjoy the park again. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah. You know what else would be nice? What? Not messing with a movie when it's already in theaters. <laughs> yeah. So there have been reports of people noticing alterations to No Way Home. And these are recent. These are just from early January. Wow. So it's nothing huge. Um, if you've seen the movie, you'll know. If you <laughs> haven't, then spoilers ahead. But there's a part where Norman Osborn is struggling with the Green Goblin persona and his mask is hanging on a trash can next to him. And apparently they've like shifted the camera so that it's like a tighter shot of the mask. So it's like it's looming over him more. And the other thing that's been noticed is uh, in the scene where Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield come in through the portals, uh, the background behind them has been changed. And the portal itself apparently is more sparkly. Ooh. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to getting back out and seeing... It again for the third time. <laughs> but it's interesting that people like like just those little details. I would have probably never yeah. noticed it if I ever watched it again. And you can actually find these online. People have posted the video <laughs> somehow. Wow. So yeah, some people are just on it. But yeah, I just thought that was interesting that the theaters already have the film, but Marvel's still able to alter it. Marvel can do anything. I know, basically. Well, everything's digital now, so they probably just like email a new copy. Yeah. Or, yeah. You know who else can do anything? Who? Santa Claus. What? Yeah. Have you ever watched the Santa Claus movie? I have. I haven't. I've, there was one that was really weird to me. I think it was the third one. It got kind of oh, like yeah. Nazi. Yeah. They they get kind of gritty. Yeah. <laughs> as, as time goes on. But yeah, no, this is kind of exciting because Tim Allen, who was the original Santa Claus in the movie... Uh, Disney Plus announced that he's coming back um, as the role of Scott Calvin, who, as we all know, turned into Santa Claus. Um, and yeah, he's going to reprise his role. Um, and what the the premise is for this limited series is that it'll be uh, Scott or Santa Claus's 65th birthday. So, you know, as you get older, he realizes he can't be Santa forever. So a lot of this is going to be about how he's going to... Um, spend more time with family and also figure out who's going to be his next Santa replacement. So oh, that's fine. Yeah, so we're going to get to see a new Santa. Um, but yeah, production will start in March, and this will probably come out in, towards the end of the year during Christmas time. Yay! Are you going to watch it? Uh, yeah. I love Christmas. Yeah, I was never a huge fan of the movies, but they're fun, and I definitely support it and see it. Yeah, I mean, it's not like a classic, like elf or you know one of those nightmare before christmas or nightmare before christmas but um you know it's a good it's a good watch if you're in the mood for holiday time you know what you could do <laughs> in like four times the time of watching santa claus what <laughs> get a figment popcorn bucket oh, yeah <laughs> yeah so as part of their new um like the art uh festival food and art festival at um or sorry international festival of the arts in Epcot, um, they premiered the Figment popcorn bucket that we had talked about in our last episode. Um, so as usual, or as expected, it was a hit with the guests. 
Um, everyone waited, or not everyone, but like a bunch of people waited in line to get the popcorn bucket. And just to note too, that it doesn't come with regular popcorn. It comes with rainbow candied popcorn. It was regular until I touched it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Why didn't you get me one when you were out there? <laughs> no, but apparently people were reporting to have waited seven hours for the popcorn bucket. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, and you know what's even more insane is that somehow people have been able to get their hands on multiple popcorn buckets, even though it says it's limited to just, like, one per person. But I guess families have been, like, basically getting one for every single member of their family. So some families, you know, hoard them, and then that's how some of them even sell them online. I've I've seen them on eBay for, like up to like $200 wow. in the bucket. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's an unfortunate thing. Um, I think it just comes to, it, it's expected when, you know, cool things like this come out, which is sad. People take advantage of it. But it's kind of like a little like ha-ha moment to those type of people because I've been looking at some of the forums on like Facebook and people have been mm-hmm. saying like now since it's been out, like today, um, the Sunday Someone just said, like, oh, I just waited 45 minutes for the bucket. So it's like, maybe, you know, patience is virtue, I guess. or um, Until they run out. Yeah, until they run out. That's the thing. Like, you don't know how many there are because from our experience with a Jack Skellington bucket um, in Hollywood, um, or not Hollywood, California, like, we, it never came back. Yeah, and that's kind of a sore subject because now they're offering that same Jack Skellington bucket to... <laughs> Magic or uh, uh, Disney World pass holders. Yeah. So, like, when do we get that? Because that bucket, like, we tried our hardest to find that for our girl Jesse, and we did not find it. It was just sold out so quick. Yeah. So, yeah, and we need our pass holder Jack Skellington bucket. Hopefully, it'll come back next year. That's the thing, too, because I feel like a lot of these, like, once it comes out the first year, like, it goes crazy, but then the following year, you know, it's we'll, we'll readily find it or even at like the company D store or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what? I just realized I totally missed uh, a really great moment. What's just that? pretend like you're talking about gingerbread houses again. Uh, gingerbread houses. Be- Ooh, is that a gingerbread cookie? <laughs> what? I was quoting Kevin on our murder mystery <laughs> holiday special. I love that part so much. Ooh, is that a gingerbread cookie? <laughs> Speaking of gingerbread cookies, yeah. uh, we got some pricing for D twenty three. Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> wow. So D twenty three. If you haven't heard of it, it's uh, basically a convention for Disney fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been that it's one year in California, then the next year in Florida, then the next year in California. Uh, you can really get into some cool stuff there. Like, I remember uh, one year that we went, we happened in on the Frozen discussion where they talked about uh, their plans for the upcoming Frozen movie <laughs> <laughs> where somebody from the audience stood up and asked their question. It was like, um, do you find that the snowman is going to be too childish? <laughs> to the people who created it and they're like um as we were just saying we feel like he's the linchpin of the sisters and he's what brings them together so no we don't find he's too childish but um it's grown a lot because i remember 
one year, the year after Marvel was acquired by Disney, I was a little upset because Marvel wasn't at Comic-Con that year, but <laughs> they were at D23, but it was like really small. So with the acquisition of Marvel and Star Wars, they've built up better showings of that. You can buy uh, different products around there. You can see like one year they had the upcoming plans for one of the new parks. There's always a lot of cool information and a lot of cool panels to go to. All that to say, the pricing's out. Yes. So the tickets release on, is it January 20th? January 20th, if you are a Disney Visa holder, I believe they open on the 19th. 19th. Yeah. And if you are a gold member, (laughs) gold member, (laughs) you can buy a ticket for Friday, Saturday, or Sunday for $89 per day, $79 for children 3 to 12, or you can get a three-day ticket for $229 or $209 for a child. Mm -hmm. So we will be trying for our Saturday tickets for $89 because we are gold members. Mm -hmm. If you are a general member, a one-day ticket is $99 for Friday, Saturday, Sunday, still $79 for children 3 to 12, $279 for a three-day ticket, 209 for a child three-day ticket yeah so if you really want to go to this um there is still an opportunity for you to sign up to be a a d23 gold member um if you want to get that like ten dollar discount uh if you want to go on a separate day i love gold mr powers wow (laughs) but yeah um there's actually some changes too for this year what so if you do want to go to one of those panels you actually have to sign up for lottery you can't line up anymore um to go to one i feel like i love and hate this idea because <laughs> <laughs> it's nice because i find a lot of times trying to go to panels you have to wait in really long lines and yeah. it wastes your day but then on the other hand like a luck of the draw like that could be really good or really bad for people yeah i mean at least like it helps Make, make helps make your day a bit more efficient because you're not just like spending most of your day waiting in line. But yeah, it also lessens, could possibly lessen your chance to go to a panel you really wanted to go to. Yeah, I almost feel like it should be a like virtual queue. Yeah. Because the people who really want to go are going to be the ones who are there trying to get it early. But yeah. this way, when it's like luck of the draw like this, like I remember Comic-Con was like that and so was getting a magic pass and it's like... I'm dedicated. I really want to go, but now it's just whoever first before me. I got here at 8 in the morning, but somebody who signed in at 10 may yeah. get it before me. Yeah. I mean, I guess it just comes with like just the whole buzz and popularity of the event. Do you think this is yet another bad idea by Chapek? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but... Even before we get into that, oh, um, I just also wanted to note too that this is going to be Disney D twenty three is going to celebrate Disney being a hundred dollars or a hundred dollars a hundred years for being a company, not for the parks, but just okay. being a company. So I think we're going to see a lot of that, and then they also released some images of the merchandise as well too, which is really cool. A lot of it is about the hundred year of Disney, so I'm sure a lot of this is going to go pretty quick um, and. I'm probably going to buy a few of them. So, yeah. Of course you are. But what about JPEG? So, apparently, <laughs> uh, Iger and Eisner, who are both uh, 
past CEOs, CEOs. Yeah, have come to his defense and said they support everything he's doing. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they have to, yeah. for one. But, I mean, at the same time, too, like, being a CEO is is a tough job. I mean, I'm sure uh, Eisner especially, you know, got a lot of flack for, you know, some decisions he's made as well, too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, at least, you know, there is some of that backup from, you know, past legacy people um, or past icons uh, of Disney. Well, what's funny, and I'll read the quote directly, I kind of feel like he skirted around it and just (laughs) said some kind of nice things. I'll just read it first so we can talk about it. So this is from Michael Eisner on his thoughts on Bob Chapek. He said, I am a big fan of Disney. I am a fan of both Bobs. Yes, I hired him, Chapek. Is he the same executive as I am, or Bob Iger is, or anybody is? He is his own guy. He was very good at Disney when I... He was very good at Disney when I was there. He took our home video business from a rental to a sell-through business. That was very risky. He did a very good job in the parks. I am a shareholder. I think he's going to do very well. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's very, like, vanilla. <laughs> he kind of says, like, he did a really good job in the past. And well, in his past role, because yeah. he was the head of the, the home video um, department, or yeah. whatever, division. But he doesn't, like, come out and say, like, I believe yeah. in him, or the choices he's making are right. He yeah. just kind of says, the stuff he did in the past was good. <laughs> yeah. Well, honestly, to Eisner's probably not as, I mean, he is a shareholder, but... I feel like Iger probably has a lot more to say since he was kind of like, he appointed him basically, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so I think I think my biggest criticism is we don't know why Disney's doing the things they're doing. Like, I, I can't really say if JPEG's doing a good job or not because I don't know if, you know, Eisner or, um, uh, uh, I'm forgetting names. Eisner or help me out here. Iger. Iger, yeah. I don't know if they would have been making these same decisions if they were in. Because I don't know if they're decisions that need to be made for the park or if they're decisions that are just a little more greedy for the park. Yeah. Well, it's also COVID's never affected like Eisner and Iger. The the parks were closed, you know, for the most time of COVID with, with Iger there. Um, and also, we don't know if, like, a lot of these, these decisions were solely Chapex's. You know, yeah. there's stakeholders out there, too. Um, so, I don't, I mean, like, I'm trying to look at the, the brighter side of things. But at the same time, too, like, yeah, it, it's tough to say. <laughs> yeah, because if Disney came out and said the trams aren't running because we let them sit too long and we need to fix them, I'd be like, okay, thank you for giving us a reason. Yeah. But looking at it from the outside, it kind of just looks like, we just don't want to pay for them. Yeah. And, you know, having it where you have to make reservations, but tickets are still available on days that reservations aren't, it just kind of looks like, oh, we're trying to keep it open for paying customers. Yeah. I think, like, there's just a bad PR situation with Disney in general, and a lot of people are, are pointing it to JPEG. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, at the same time, too, like, JPEG kind of, is starting his role so i'm just hoping that like he's learning and he'll improve uh moving forward but right now yeah it it just kind of he's in a psyche situation 
Yeah, and it seems like it's getting better because even um, as of this time of recording at 1043 <laughs> at night, um, there are still reservations available for Martin Luther King Day tomorrow. Yeah. So it seems like they're making better decisions on keeping days open, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I just wish, to your point, Disney was a bit more transparent in terms of, like, the decisions they made. Mm-hmm. Even, like... With all these reservations, it would be nice to Disney just say like, "Hey, like we hear you. There's there's more reservations, or we open up more reservations now." So yeah, yeah. we're hearing nothing. Yeah. yeah, you know what we are hearing about? What new lightsaber end caps in yes. Galaxy's Edge? Yes. Do you need a minute? <laughs> <laughs> so excited for this. Mm-hmm. So it looks like there's two. One of them is brown. One of them is white. The brown one is. The Rancor. Mm-hmm. So you said you like the Rancor better. I do. I like it. Um, I mean, both are really cool. I think the Rancor just looks cool because it just seems more like... Urgh. Okay. <laughs> Scary. And the second one is more of a white color. It's a Loath Cat. Yeah. And that's the one I like better just because it's a cat. <laughs> yeah. It looks pretty cool. I mean, yeah, both of them look really cool. Like, if I were to have either of them, I'd be, I'd be happy. Um, but the Rancor is cool. I mean, they do have uh, the Rancor on display mm. um, in one of the shops at Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, and luckily, these are actually, for as much detail at, that has gone into these, they're only $25 each. Mm-hmm. So I will be going to the park Tuesday, the day after Martin Luther King Day, and I shall be buying both of these for me and Alan. Yeah. And also, I don't know if I ever mentioned this, but for the build your own lightsaber, if you went through the experience and you made your own lightsaber, well, I guess anyone anyone can do it, but you can actually buy the pieces individually. You don't have to go through the whole experience again to buy more to get more pieces or to get another set of their lightsaber. You can actually, um, you know, just buy more pieces because that's what I did. I added a little bit more to my collection, and this is going to go back to my collection. Uh, but yeah, and I think they're also the same price too, like $25 each, but I actually would prefer to buy this one because they're a bit more detailed. Um, cause like some of the $25 pieces are just like a little ring and it's like, that's yeah. expensive. That's exciting. Yeah. So I went down a rabbit hole, Favorites. Um, I have my two lucky numbers. One of them is 422, which is my birthday. The other is 616, which is the main Marvel universe. I was very surprised, <laughs> to say the least, where this number 616 came from. So I thought I'd share it with everybody. Okay. So when I looked up the meaning behind the number 616, some of you may already know this, but it's actually uh, one of the numbers of the devil. <laughs> uh, some people say, according to the Bible and the translation, it's not 666, it's 616. So I was like, how did this happen that the main Marvel Universe is a demonic number? When I did some more research, a name came up for the person who originally called it 616. I was like, oh, that's why. (laughs) (laughs) It was uh, coined by Alan Moore, who is a very popular, very famous comic book writer, especially for The Killing Joke, which is Batman. And... 
when I saw that, I was like, Alan Moore is a dark person. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean he's like me. He's fascinated by, like, magic and dark things. So I was like, oh, that's why he chose that number specifically. So, yeah, I thought it was funny that it's a double number for this universe <laughs> and that Marvel has just been using this number for so long. I'm just surprised, like, because obviously the history is out there, but I'm surprised no, like... There was any, there's no backlash about it. Like, you don't see, like, you know, like, Jesus lovers, like, boycotting Marvel. Yeah, that's that's what I'm surprised about. Yeah. So maybe it's just a very niche, like, thing that people believe this is a demonic number. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I used to, when going to um, D23 or even, like, WonderCon, especially in Anaheim, you'll see the i don't know what to call them i guess religious fanatics yeah and i don't think all religious people are fanatics are wrong but these ones i feel are because they stand out with signs that say like you're being condemned to hell or like you need to accept jesus or burn in flames and i'm like i'm walking to a disney convention like i'm not going to a porn convention (laughs) you know what i mean and i like i don't think that's evil either i think that's natural but like i just think it's funny like choose your battles yeah (laughs) so yeah you're right like having those people just protesting me walking to a disney convention do not know that the whole marvel universe is evil (laughs) (laughs) and um uh, alan moore said he just chose this number because he wanted to show that like our main universe that we're focused on is not special. It's just like one out of any number of numbers, but it's funny because now it's blown up and that it is special because that is the main universe. Yeah. We even see it on the web slingers, right? Yeah. It's, it's hidden throughout uh, Avengers campus, which I always forget to look for whenever we're there until we go on web slingers. And then by that point, I'm like, I just waited in line for 45 minutes to an hour, so I don't want to look for it. Oh, no, that's just your score on the ride. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> so what we're going to do here is um, I actually did a thing differently. Oh. Because I realized I forgot to talk about things in our other Book of Boba <laughs> Fett episodes. I actually made a list this time of things that we want to talk about. So I'm going to um, cover some stuff from the first two episodes along with the third episode. But before we get there, because there will be spoilers, I have a cover Disney for you. Okay. This one actually comes from TikTok. And it's a cute little song by, uh, it looks like a, um, a man and woman in a band they call Fairview. And it's just a cute little ditty about going to Disneyland. It's called Let's Go to Disney. Here's a little sample. <laughs> Let's go to Disney, Disney, see Mickey, Minnie, walk down Main Street wearing all our pins. We'll wait in line for my train and watch the parade, wave to Pig the Pooh and all their friends. We'll walk through Fantasyland, fly off with Peter Pan, feel just like kids again, oh yeah. So much magic. How did you like that cover, Alan? Yeah, so this was kind of played, or I, I don't know how to say it, but like 
based off of another song. So uh, it's like a rewrite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A rewrite of another song called I Met at Disney from uh, uh, Salem Elise, I believe is her name. And um, I actually like this one better because this one talks more about like, I'm going to Disney. Yeah. Like, I think this is a fun song to play while you're like in the in the garage waiting to show your ticket at the toll booth to go in um because like it'll just amp you up to go as you know while you're going to disney whereas the other one is i met at disney because like it like gave me a false sense of expectation of like romance and stuff like that um so yeah i like it yeah i like let's go to disney more than mad at disney yeah, <laughs> yeah for everything you said it's happier and that's exactly why fairview wrote it because they said we wanted to write we like the song but we're not mad at disney we want to write something happier yeah so i thought i think that's really cute i think you're really cute marley did you hear that do you want to talk about book of boba fett <laughs> Sure, episode three. So the thing I forgot to mention in episode one and two and three, Max Rebo. Max Rebo. Max Rebo's the blue elephant that was on Java's barge. Dumbo. No. No, he's Max Rebo. <laughs> yeah, I love Max Rebo. I, I have a little ornament of him and Sice Noodles, who's like the green one with the lips that it protrudes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I have the little band ornaments and... I used to have the figures, and I just love that he's in it. I love that um, uh, John Favreau <laughs> is really paying attention to, like, the lore and, like, what's going on with these characters and, like, bringing, like we said, like, Black Chris Anton, who was in the comics, bringing these people to life. Yeah, I think Book of Boba is made for the super fans, like, that are immersed in everything of star wars like that that not that don't just watch the movies but also like read all the comics and all of that because like every time i'm watching with with sean you're like oh that's that oh that's that is that that oh it is that so it's it's i enjoy watching it with you because you tell me like all the things i should be knowing Thanks, girl. <laughs> um, I mix, I missed something in episode two. I'm so sad. We talked about the couple who was in the bar who oh. got attacked, and I said I wish that they were uh, the Dan the Damarins. <laughs> they are characters. They are characters from lore and legend. Um, and I watched it again just so I could really like try to pick out like did they ever actually name them in the show like how did I miss this and they did at one point the girl says to the guy fix her like she's trying to get him to stop like confronting the aliens that are tearing apart the uh, little bar mm -hmm. she says fix her because these are Cami and Fixer who were from a deleted scene in Star Wars A New Hope that's why we all know them yeah, <laughs> but they have been in the novelization uh -huh. of um, A New Hope, and they've been in other media, just not very big. But the reason why they're a big deal is they were actually friends of Luke. So Luke goes to Anchorhead to see his friends, and when he walks outside, um, he had met with Cammie and Fixer, and he walks outside, and Biggs Darklighter is there, and Biggs and him look up into the sky... And there's a battle going on between the rebels and the Imperials. And Biggs says, basically, like, we belong up there. I'm going to go fight with the rebellion. And Luke says, I can't. I need to take care of my aunt and uncle. 
So it's very clear that Luke wants off the planet, and this was our way of showing that he's only being held back by his family. Mm, okay. So some people are making a really big deal of this, saying, like, this changes everything, and I'm like, not really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, I, I think that's a really deep cut, like the fact yeah. that Favreau included these characters that were cut from the original, like, that's really digging in. Yeah. When you, when you were like, there's a couple in episode two, I thought you were going to bring back the hunt, the huts. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, love not them. talk about them. They're not a couple. They're brother and sisters, but they, yeah. Yeah. And this scene with uh, Cammie, Fixer, and Biggs would have strengthened the story a little bit because when Luke goes to, uh, what would you say, go into battle against the Death Star, mm -hmm. he does run into Big Circulator, if you remember. Oh, yeah. And they kind of say, like, oh, you're from back home, but we hadn't seen Biggs in the movie previously. So mm -hmm. it would have, like, made that reunion a little bit stronger. But, yeah, I'm wondering if... Um, like, was this just something cute just to be like, hey, nod to this, I'm a fan. Or will we get more Cammy and Fixer in the next few episodes? I hope so. I yeah. Th I think they will. I think so. But um, that was pretty much everything on the first two that I had missed. Let's talk about the third one. Did you like this episode? I like the bikes. <laughs> it's opposite day <laughs> yeah alan called it out he's like they look like power rangers and then that's what everybody's saying online now yeah it's just so random because like especially the aesthetic is very like earth tones and you're in the desert and then you have these like clown bikes that are basically like riding around there like the whole town yeah, like, I'm actually okay with the fact that they look bright and new because it kind of leads or lends a story to these characters. Mm -hmm. Like, they've maybe got money or they just bought these, so they're not, they're kind of green. But the fact that they're bright red, yellow, green, and blue. Yeah, like, like different colors for each one. It's just too yeah. Power rangers -y. The first thing that came to mind is, like, they're setting up for a Lego set. Like, this is done uh. for kids. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it didn't, like, I'm not angry. Some people online are, like, angry, like, this ruined the show. But, like, it's just an odd choice. Yeah. I just had the Power Rangers theme song go in my head while watching that scene. Yeah. <laughs> so, the biggest thing I loved about this episode is, like, we got more information on what Tatooine is. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense. It doesn't change the lore, but it adds to it. Because somebody pointed out that when in A New Hope, when R2 is lost on Tatooine and the Jawas attack him, those rocks look like sediment, like they were underwater at one point. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense that they added this detail that Tatooine was a water planet and it's dried up. Smart. Do you think this will change anything about Tatooine or about the show, knowing that this was a water planet? I don't think so. Yeah. I think it's interesting to know its history, but I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm just like speaking out of my butt, but like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't, I, it's a like cool detail, but I don't think it's like a, I don't think a lot of people would have caught it too. Yeah. And I think what it does though, is it like gives a history and gives a reason for some things like. It makes me wonder if the Tusken Raiders have to protect themselves against the sun because maybe they came from mm, a fish creature. Maybe. And then the fact that the Aqualesh seemed to be a big part of Tatooine, that makes sense why they're the Aqualesh yeah. if they evolved from 
a water creature. <laughs> They're so fishy. Yeah. So that leads me into, we got more information on, um, this is turning into Game of Thrones when you think about it. Because <laughs> the huts run Tatooine, but then the mayor promised the throne to somebody else. Uh-huh. And then Boba Fett killed <laughs> Bib Fortuna <laughs> and took it from him. So everybody thinks that this planet belongs to somebody else. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And apparently the three... Um, races that may be in line to take control are the Trandoshans, who we've seen before in the Bounty Hunter Bosque. They're very reptilian-looking. Uh, the Aqualesh, who we've seen before in uh, Ponda Baba, <laughs> Baba, from uh, A New Hope. He was in the cantina. He was the one that was, like, grunting at Luke. And his <laughs> friend, uh, Dr... I want to say Kevorkian, but it's wow. not Kevorkian. Um, the doctor Afra? translates. No, not no, Afra. No. He translates and says, he doesn't like you. I don't like you either. <laughs> and then they get into the fight and Obi-Wan cuts off uh, Pondababa's arm. So he was a Aqualesh. And then there's the Clatoonians, which are really ugly, like, brown-faced aliens. <laughs> so apparently this planet is kind of run by these three races, and they're kind of at war for, like, complete... They're like the gangs. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I just thought that was a really cool detail. We're seeing more about the underworld of Tatooine. Yeah. We've always known it's kind of, like, not a great place, but now we're seeing why. And uh, I was re-watching some of the first episode... And I noticed that when Boba Fett and Fennec are walking to the mayor's office, mm -hmm. they're being watched by a lot of Trandoshans, and there's uh, Aqualesh that confronts them. So there oh. is details, even from the beginning, little hints that, like, this is what's going on. I feel like this series has a lot of rewatchability, because I think there's a lot of stuff going on yeah. in the background. Mm -hmm. And then... Uh, some of the biggest highlights for me, uh, <laughs> we got Danny Trejo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was cool. Yeah, we got Danny Trejo. He's a Rancor trainer, and he brings in a new Rancor for yeah. uh, the palace. Yeah, it's a younger, it's a baby Rancor. It's a baby. <laughs> and Alan, yes. I almost wet my pants. Yes. I was so excited. Yep. Because it's finally canon. It's finally here. I've talked about this on other shows. There is a planet called Dathomir. And it was, to my knowledge, I think it was first introduced in a book called The Courtship of Princess Leia. Where they go to Dathomir and uh, a prince is trying to marry her and take her away from Han. But on Dathomir... There's the witches who are basically, they're not like witches like we know them. They're force sensitive, but they're not Jedi, but they know how to kind of manipulate the force. And they ride on Rancors. How <laughs> cool is that, Alan? <laughs> That's pretty cool. Hopefully we can see that. Yeah, and the witches were actually in uh, the Clone Wars. They've actually been used in the media, but they weren't riding on Rancors. <laughs> no. But uh, Danny Trejo's character actually said, the witches of Dathomir ride on Rancors. So it's canon. I want to see this happen. <laughs> uh, the other thing that I loved is the Black Chrysanthemum battle. So Black mm. Chrysanthemum basically, like, pulled Boba out of his uh, uh, back-to-tank. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. 
And then it took, like, the Gamorrean guards, it took Fennec, it took uh, the Power Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> All of their power combined to subdue him. And they only did that by throwing him in the Rancor pit prior to the Rancor yeah. being in there. <laughs> so they basically took him out, traded him, or tried to trade him back to the twins. And the twins said, keep him, sell him for money. Here's a Rancor. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Those twins. Those twins being all intertwined. Uh, Was there any other highlights for you? The bikes. The bikes. <laughs> Should we talk about the elephant or the bantha in the room? <laughs> <laughs> the bantha in the room, ladies and gentlemen. People are not only mad about the bikes, but they're mad at the fact that the Tuscan Raiders are a native people. <laughs> And in A New Hope, they were just presented as these, like, crazy people who just attack whatever. So the Book of Boba Fett took time to show us their culture, show us who they are, show us that they have familial bonds, that they actually um, protect each other. And then they killed them all. <laughs> they killed yeah. all the Tusken Raiders. Yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of sad. Yeah, it's pretty sad. And, like, I see where that anger is coming from. It, I don't know. We'll see where the story goes, but it just seems like more convenient than yeah. anything else just to kill them all. I think we're done. Yeah, we don't need them anymore. <laughs> this is about the time that Boba Fett will go and meet up with the Mando yeah. storyline. So let's just get rid of them all. But no, I get it. I mean, they were like, yeah, like I was warming up to them. They were like, oh, these maybe they're not as bad as we thought they were. And then they killed them. <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. <laughs> but yeah, I think so far this is... Um, my favorite episode, my favorite episode, only because it, it really, like, changed up the game. Like, we get a new Rancor. We yeah. Get, Danny you know, Trejo. Danny Trejo. <laughs> we get this whole history of this gang war going on. Like, this, I can't wait for the rest of the show. I love the show. And the witches of Death of Mars! And the witches of Death of Mars! Oh, my gosh. You should have seen him. He was so excited. I was. At the mere mention. <laughs> I want to see live-action witches of Death of Mars. <laughs> Do you have a favorite favorite moment this week? <laughs> mm, I don't know. This might match yours, but um, we got the Book of Boba Fett postcards out, and uh, we got them out as a or as key holders. Um, we were able to get them at the um, Star Wars trading post in downtown Disney. So I told Sean about it, and Sean rushed out right before his shift at work. <laughs> yeah, so uh, through tomorrow, um, what's that date? It is the, the 17th. 18th. So through tomorrow, the 18th, you can go to, if you are a magic key holder, mm -hmm. uh, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., you can go to the Star Wars Trading Post, show them your magic pass, they scan it, our magic key, and they scan it, and they give you four postcards for the Book of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm thing about that yeah alan texted me at like 12 30 to tell me it's starting i thought it was only a one day thing oh. <laughs> so i was already in placentia i was going to be working my shift in anaheim at two so yeah i got to disney about one i power walked from the structure all the way to <laughs> uh, the store there was a couple ahead of me. I got up there, got my postcards, and power walked back. I was so sweaty. <laughs> I called Alan. I'm like, I'm dripping. And then I went to work where I was super sweaty all day. Because once it starts, it doesn't stop. Wow. <laughs> my glands are like Pringles, y'all. Oh, no. 
And then I'm just so excited about these postcards just because, A, I think a lot of things like this um, can be worth something someday. That's not why I got them. I love Boba Fett. I love the show. But right away, I found a, a postcard frame. <laughs> <laughs> so I have now framed our four postcards, and we will be hanging it in our our apartment that mm-hmm. we live in together now. Yeah, in the game room. In the game room. Game room. Game room. <laughs> with a Y. <laughs> So yeah, it wasn't my favorite thing walking this the from structure <laughs> to get them. But yeah, I like that Disney does things like this. I just wish Disney, I know you're listening, give us a little heads up so we can plan for it. Well, that and also like it was it's only available from 10 to 7. So for people that work that work normal hours, <laughs> you know, like I get off of work at 5 o'clock, like I can't rush straight over there like willy-nilly like i have to plan things out so it kind of sucks for people like you know us that work full-time or like work a traditional schedule because you know we can't just like call off work for postcards i can't tell my mom's like oh i have to go and get postcards at disney sorry yeah yeah it does suck that it's weird hours well and like downtown disney's or the even the store is open till like 10 o'clock 11 o'clock at night so i don't know why they can't just go through um you know at towards the Towards closing time. for Closing time. Yeah. But yeah, d- does it make you feel good that you rushed, but then I went on Saturday and got, <laughs> <laughs> and got it then? I know. I could have just like met <laughs> no. you there too. Well, Friday I couldn't go because yeah. I was working in a meatpacking <laughs> place. But yeah, I couldn't have gone on Friday at all. But yeah, I could have met you there Saturday, which sucks. But uh-huh. at least we both got them, so it is what it is. Yeah, we have one displayed and one tucked away not gonna sell on ebay like the figment people but yeah you know we have one um to have because i don't feel bad too bad like having multiples of this because there were a few like when i got there so yeah yeah we're gonna try to get one more on tuesday for anthony so let you know if they're still there (laughs) (laughs) all right but that is our show for this week thank you for listening to us and if you want to listen to us more Favorites, we had an issue. <laughs> we recorded a full episode of Once Upon a Cult, and there was like, I think it was Rachel's voice. No. Wow. Hey, God. <laughs> no, we just had a lot of like uh, sounds, like uh, digital like sound, static. Yeah. So unfortunately, we had to scrap our recording, and we have to do it all over again, and poor Rachel has to uh, research all over again. Mm-hmm. So we are going to get Once Upon a Cold out as soon as possible. It's just we had a technical difficulty, but you could find Alan, me, and Rachel on that one. And you can find uh, this week Kevin and I on Hanging with the Hollowells uh, did Swan Princess, a review of Swan Princess. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, if you want a 15-minute synopsis of the whole uh, episode. Hey, he was detailed. It was good. He did it mostly from memory. <laughs> All right, thank you for listening, and we'll be back here with you next week. Yay, bye. Bye.